message was recorded at River City Church. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. church that began at a river. This is Acts 16. Acts 16. I'm going to read you a couple of verses from this that just draws out what we believe the Holy Spirit wants to say today concerning where we are and the year ahead. So this is Acts 16 from verse 6. And if you know this story, this is Paul and Silas and Timothy uh, being led by the Holy Spirit. But it says some really unusual things in these verses quite striking in all of the book of Acts. Here's some of the most amazing verses. It says of this party from verse 6 of Acts 16 that they passed through uh, the Phrygian and Galatian region, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. I mean, we could spend a whole morning on that. How do you get your head around that? I mean, if anybody ever tried to stop you to speak the word of God, you'd say they're of the devil. Now think about that. Then it says, And after they came to Mysia, they were trying to go into Bithynia, and the Spirit of Jesus did not permit them. And passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing and appealing to him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So putting out to sea from Troas, we ran a straight course to Samothrace and on the day following to Neapolis and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia, a Roman colony, and we were staying in this city for some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to a riverside where we were, where we were supposing that there would be a place of prayer and we sat down and we began to speak to the woman who had assembled there. And we all know what happened next. And that was Lydia became the first convert in Europe to the gospel because that was Greece. And uh, a great church was began in, uh, in Philippi. And so really, what really struck me reading those verses is as we start this new year, and at times like this when we're thinking about the months ahead, what rushes into your mind really is all the things that need to get done. And very often, sometimes we think, yeah, that, that's God showing me all the things that need to get done. But what struck me from these verses is that it records the Apostle Paul being led away from what he felt needed to be done. He was being led away from what he felt needed to be done. Verse 6, it says, the Spirit forbid them to speak the word in a certain place. Verse 7, it says, Jesus stopped them from entering another place. And then in verse 9, we see the reason for that, that there's a vision, a dream, where a man is calling Paul and the team over to a different place. The Holy Spirit, in other words, led Paul away from what he felt needed to be done and led him in instead to what had already been prepared. What had already been prepared. And that's what I want to show you this morning, what that means. In 2020, the Holy Spirit is no different. Still today, he always leads us to what has already been prepared, because works of God are always works prepared beforehand. 
Those two words I want you to remember this morning, prepared beforehand. So just let that truth sink in for a moment, because it's an amazing truth when you think about the year ahead, thinking, oh gosh, this year is full of things that I need to do. This year is full of things that need to be done. Think of something different. Think by the Holy Spirit. This year is full of things which have already been prepared. Things prepared beforehand. You remember that phrase from Ephesians 2 verse 10. It says this, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, so that we would walk in them. Tell your neighbor, prepared beforehand. Now, that's what you're going to remember this morning if you forget everything else. In Christ, 2020, like every other year, has been prepared beforehand. And so the Holy Spirit is going to continue to lead us and guide you and I to only walk in the place that God has prepared beforehand. And that place is called in Christ. That's the name of that place. And that's the function, really, of Ascension Ministries, is to grow our thinking up out of the natural realm and to ascend the thinking up into the realm of the Spirit, where we're no longer living by the wisdom of this world and the experience of this world. In other words, we're no longer living in fear, but we're living in Christ. And that mind governed by the Spirit of Christ, we're told, is life and peace. So this year, to walk more and more in what God has prepared beforehand, the Holy Spirit is going to teach us how to think more, speak more, and walk more in this life called in Christ. And how to think less from, speak less from, and walk less in a life called in fear. Now we can read other accounts in the book of Acts 2 about uh, ministers of God being spoken to by the Holy Spirit in a way that stops them doing something and causes them to go in a different direction. And even in Paul's life, in fact, there was a great change of plan. And when that happens in Paul's life, it normally caused him to persevere in something that didn't appear to be bearing fruit. Let me show you an example of that. We turn over the page to Acts 18. Here's another example. Just two pages over, Acts 18, 9 to 11. Here's a situation where Paul was in the city of Corinth, and he was coming under great pressure not to speak. And then it says in verse 9, the Lord appeared to him and said, in a vision, do not be afraid, keep on speaking, do not be silent, for I am with you, and no one is going to attack you and harm you, because I have many people in this city. And the next verse says that when Paul heard that, he stayed in that place for another year and a half preaching the gospel. So here again, Paul had felt that it was time to move on. He felt that maybe I should go somewhere else, do something more. There's more to be achieved. And yet, the Holy Spirit led him away from that and led him to what had been prepared beforehand for him to do. And that's what the Holy Spirit does and what he's doing right now. He's leading us to what has been prepared beforehand. Why? Psalm 127, you know it well. Unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers build in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. So on the first Sunday of a new year, it's natural for our minds to think of all the things that we need to do or feel that we have to get done and even to begin to make plans on how to get those things done. Yet as believers, what I'm saying this morning is we've been given God's Spirit, the mind of Christ, not so much that we can see what needs to be done, but so that we can see something much greater, so that we can see what has been prepared beforehand. That's what the Holy Spirit wants us to see. Let me tell you why you don't need to see or you don't need the Holy Spirit to see what needs to be done. 
Because most churches are full of people who can see little else than what needs to be done. This needs to be done. That needs to be done. Why is that? Because we've said last week, when we're living from the soul, all you can see is what you need. It's only when you're living from the Spirit, you can begin to see what you have, what has been prepared beforehand. And that's where the Holy Spirit is bringing us into that place of living from our spirits. This year, too, the Holy Spirit will continually lead us into what has been prepared beforehand. Listen to how Paul said this to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 2. He said this, What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love Him. These are the things. These are the things. These are the things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. So what does the Holy Spirit reveal to us? The things that God has prepared. And what will He do in 2020? He'll reveal to us the things that God has prepared. So with Nat's natural earthly vision, all you, can, uh, you and I can see really tends to be what needs to be done. I mean, I guess coming up to Christmas, that's all we can see. <laughs> oh my goodness, what needs to be done? But with vision from God's Spirit, you can see what God has prepared beforehand. And if we keep living from our soul or from our feelings, all we'll see is what we need. But to live from the Spirit is to see what we already have. And you know, in Christ, we already have all things. Turn to your neighbor and say, all things. Oh, no, you're, you're moving out of your feelings now. Come on, into the truth. Praise God. That's where the Holy Spirit helps us, and He teaches us in our prayer and in our worship to rise out of our souls and begin to pray and worship in the Spirit and in the truth. And here is the truth that leads the mind into peace. All we need for life and godliness has been prepared beforehand in Christ. All we need for life and godliness has been prepared beforehand in Christ. Now, last year we looked at Acts 9. Do you remember we looked at the story about how one day there was a disciple in Damascus, a man called Ananias, and he was praying because there was a horrible man called Saul of Tarsus was on his way to that city to kill him and his friends. So you can imagine if you heard a story like that, you'd be praying like Ananias too. But what happened was Ananias, like you and I, he begins to pray out of his fear. That's where we begin, you see. You begin in the soulish realm. And so you can imagine that as he's praying, he's anxious, he's fearful, and that's where he starts to pray. And uh, he's seeing Saul of Tarsus only with natural vision. But you know, wonderful thing is, by the time he stopped praying, he was no longer seeing Saul of Tarsus by natural vision. Oh, no. I want to pray. And pray until I no longer see by natural vision, until I no longer hear by natural hearing, until I'm hearing what the Holy Spirit is saying and seeing what the Holy Spirit is seeing. And that's what happened to this man, Ananias. He was seeing by the Spirit's vision, and what he saw was that Saul, in the words of the Holy Spirit, was God's chosen instrument to bear his name, to be a son of God, bearing the life of God to the Gentiles. In other words, what he saw was the life that God had prepared beforehand for Saul of Tarsus. Isn't that beautiful? The life in Christ, that's what he saw. That's what he saw by the Spirit. And that's what you and I are going to see by the Spirit. When we pray by the Spirit, worship in the Spirit, we're going to see what God has prepared beforehand. Praise God. The Holy Spirit only speaks what he sees, and this is what he sees. He sees what has been prepared beforehand from all eternity. And much to the shock of Ananias, 
No matter how terrible Saul's behavior, Ananias finds that the Holy Spirit insists to speak of Saul as God's chosen instrument and insists that Saul be spoken to as God's chosen instrument. Because that is how the Holy Spirit sees him. Why is the Holy Spirit showing Ananias all of this? Why is it so important that someone goes to this man and speaks to him as God's chosen instrument? Why is it so important that someone is filled enough with the Holy Spirit to go to this Christian killer and say to him, Brother Saul? The reason is because God's way of changing men is not to ask them to change themselves, but to reveal to them the life prepared beforehand for them. Life in Christ. I'll say that again. God's way of changing men is not to look to them to change themselves, but to reveal to them the life prepared beforehand. Life in Christ. To call them by that name. That's why we don't preach here on what you need to do for God. We preach Christ crucified. To some it's a stumbling block. To others it's foolishness. But to those who are called Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. That's 1 Corinthians 1, 23 and 24. So in 2,000 years, God hasn't changed his foolish way of saving people. And he's not going to do it in 2020 either. The Holy Spirit still insists on speaking to men and women, not according to their works or their behavior, but according to Christ's works, the finished work. And that's why the Holy Spirit is able to speak to men and women as if they already are what they do not yet appear to be. A finished work, a complete work. Clifford sang it this morning. We're risen with Christ and we are complete. Where? In Him. In Him. That's the way the Holy Spirit speaks to us, in Him. We may not realize we're in Him. 90, oh, how many hours? Was that five and a half million hours the last 10 years? I don't know how many of those hours we have realized we're in Him. But the Holy Spirit has never stopped speaking to believers as people in Him. That's what He does. And we'll see why for a moment. That's why Colossians 2.10, the Holy Spirit insists on saying to young believers, in Christ you have been brought to fullness. In him you have been made complete. Now we may protest and we may say, God, you can't do that. You can't call me holy because that's not who I am. But what we actually mean is, Lord, you can't call me holy because that's not what I do. Because natural men and women, we tend to see naturally, identify ourselves by what we do. God doesn't see us by what we do. God can call you holy because he doesn't name you after what you have done. He names you after what he has done. After what he has prepared beforehand. We saw that last year, several times. 2 Timothy 1, 9 and 10. You remember it very well. How does he call us? What does he name us? He calls us according to his grace and purpose given to us in Christ Jesus. When? Before the foundation of the world. But now has been revealed by the appearing. Has been revealed by the appearing of the Christ life. Praise God. Our Savior Jesus Christ. So in the appearing of Christ's life, the life prepared beforehand revealed to us who we are in Christ's sight. We are the ones he desires to be in communion with, to be in one life with. That's who we are. The appearance of Christ revealed to this world that we are the ones he desires to be one life with. That's who we are. That's why he gave his life. And so the appearance of the Christ life always reveals who we really are. He names us after whom he graced and purposed us to be, and he insists on naming us 
as speaking to us as who we are in Christ. Why? Because it is hearing and receiving by faith his name for us that the scales fall from our eyes too, like Saul of Tarsus. And we become by his grace the people he purposed us to be. And that is why he calls us holy. For it was in believing his word, not in attempting to do his word, that we were created holy and righteous in his sight. I'll say that again. It was in believing his word, not in attempting to do his word, that we were created, were created, past tense, were created in holiness and righteousness, in the truth, in his sight. Praise God. Why do we need to hear God call us holy? Why do believers need ministers to be as obedient as Ananias was and only speak to the church as God sees them to be after the Spirit rather than after their behavior? Because according to Ephesians 4, it is in hearing themselves spoken to as in Christ that believers become renewed in their minds. Renewed, in fact, in the spirit of their mind and so equipped to put on the new self which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. That's Ephesians 4, 23 and 24. Renewal of the mind. We said that this morning. There's no way of moving from the old to the new without first the renewal of the mind. It's not going to manifest. That renewal of the spirit of our minds is speaking of a totally new way of thinking. A totally new way of thinking. God can't name us after our behavior because that's never going to renew our minds. Somebody called you stupid all your life. Is that going to change you? <laughs> Big difference between calling somebody stupid and what they've done stupid, isn't it? Every parent knows that. God can't name us after our behavior because that is never going to renew our minds. It's never going to equip us to put on the new self, the new life created in the likeness of God, righteous and holy, the life prepared beforehand in Christ. If God named us by looking at us with natural earthly vision, if he named us simply after what people see, think of what he would call you. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is, our righteousness, our holiness, our redemption. Therefore, as it is written, therefore, let anyone who boasts, boast in the Lord. God has prepared a holy life for you and I, but it is not some future life we will live for him. It is the life we live today in him. Did you get that? God has prepared a holy life for you and I, but it is not some future life we will live for him. It is a life we live today in him. In Christ, you have been brought to fullness. In him, you have been made complete. And so the greatest things that we will see in 2020 are not the things that we will do for him. They are the things that God has prepared beforehand. In Christ for us. And that's why the most glorious thing that this will be seen in this city, in this year, is not what the church will do, but who the church is. The Spirit-filled body of Christ. That's who we are. That's what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us about. He's trying to open our ears, open our eyes. Do you know who you are? We went through this last year. Every person the Lord spoke to from the Old Testament through 
spoke to them by a name they'd never heard before and said, if you will get this, if you will hear with ears to hear who you really are, the life I have prepared beforehand for you, you will be a different person. And that's our testimony. That's called a metanoia. It's called a repentance. To hear what God is really saying about you. My God. The church awakes to what God is really saying about us. You cannot rise up the same person. You cannot. That's why when filled with the Holy Spirit and the Spirit's vision, Ananias for the first time saw Saul of Tarsus the way the Father saw him. He saw the one prepared beforehand in Christ. Here's another way of saying that. The Holy Spirit is not looking for your eye to achieve what Christ has already achieved. And what I'm going to say next will sound like foolishness because that's a sign it's the gospel. Because if it doesn't sound like foolishness to the natural mind, it's not the gospel. Brian said, we're going to hear some hard things this year. Absolutely. Get ready. We're going to hear some really foolish things this year. That's a sign it's the gospel. If it's to the natural man, it's foolishness, it's the gospel. It's not that it's respectable or reasonable or rational. It's totally irrespectable, totally irrational, totally irreasonable. The gospel is the mind of Christ. It's a higher mind. His thoughts above our thoughts, as high as the heavens are from the earth. Praise God. And what he wants to come to reveal to us is the glory of what he has done, not the glory of what we need to do. And this is what really changes us. Praise God. The Holy Spirit is not looking to you and I to achieve a holiness that has already been gifted to us in Christ. For Christ has become for us our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. The Holy Spirit is simply enabling us to live from that holy life. Praise God. The in Christ life. Let me give you the New Living Translation of the same verse, 1 Corinthians 1.30. It says this, God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy. And he freed us from sin. Praise God. That's a past tense. That's what he's done. Now, in reading such things, we can understand why the Bible says the gospel will sound like foolishness. That sounds like absolute foolishness when we think about it. Because every person here can probably look back at times in 2019 where what you thought or what you said or what you did did not in any way give the appearance of being freed from sin. Why does Paul insist on using language like that to people like this? People he's writing to about sexual immorality in the church. That's who he's writing to. Why does he insist on speaking to them as people freed from sin? Or if you believe that the letter is inspired by the Holy Spirit, why does the Holy Spirit insist on speaking to believers behaving badly as if they are freed from sin? Why? For the same reason that the Lord spoke to sick people as if they were well and spoke to dead people as if they were alive, and ate with sinners as if they were holy. Because when you see by the Holy Spirit, you see that what God has prepared beforehand in Christ, his eternal purpose and grace, things unseen by this world, are more real and more powerful than seen things in the earth which are passing away. Okay, I've got to say it again. <laughs> when you see by the Spirit, you will see that what God has prepared beforehand in Christ, his eternal purpose and grace, things unseen by this world, are more real and more powerful than things we see every day, like each other's behavior. Believer, the Holy Spirit wants you to see something. He wants you to see that God has such confidence in his spirit in you that he can see and speak to you as already perfect in him. How can he do that? Well, you know, when a woman is one month pregnant, we never say she's a ninth pregnant, do we? 
And a woman is four and a half months pregnant, we never call her half pregnant. You're pregnant or you're not pregnant. And what we're told in Scripture is that when we received Christ, it was of his fullness that we all received. When my children were born, I did not wait to see how they would turn out before deciding whether to call them my children or not. Did you? From the moment they were born of me, all that I had was theirs. Amen? Come on. From the moment they were born of me, all that I had was theirs. And this is who I saw them to be. But listen very carefully. That may be who I saw them to be, but they would never have grown to be who I saw them to be if I had not insisted on always speaking to them, no matter what their behavior, as my children. That's why we said last month that even though there was a time when they walked on all fours and ate off the floor, we never called them dogs. We never saw them any less than the vision we had already had of them, the vision prepared beforehand in our hearts. It is in hearing themselves spoken to as in Christ, as righteous, as holy, that believers become renewed in the spirit of their mind and so equipped to put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. When the Father sees a believer, someone who is in Christ, a dwelling place of his Spirit, he calls them holy because he believes something that his Holy Spirit is seeking to convince the church of. He believes that the presence of his indwelling Holy Spirit has more power to sanctify that person than their behavior has to defile them. Remember Luke 5, there was a leper that came to Jesus. I remember he said to Jesus, if you're willing, you can heal me. Do you know Luke described that leper in a certain way? He described him as covered in or full of leprosy. And I looked up that word. It's the word, the Greek word, pleres. And I want you to listen to Strong's definition of this word used to describe the leprous condition of this man. The word pleres means this, of a surface covered in every part, of a soul thoroughly permeated. And that's such a powerful picture of the effects of sin, separation from God on a human life. It thoroughly permeates the soul of the person to the extent that they cannot think as God thinks or see as God sees. Apart from the power of the Spirit of God coming into their life, there's no way on earth that such a person with a soul permeated by the effects of separation from God is ever going to be holy as God is holy. The only thing that can heal a soul from the effects of separation from God is the presence of God, union with God. That's it. The only thing that heals you from separation is union. It's the very presence of God, you know. I'll be away in India this week and nothing will heal Nicola from the pains of my separation <laughs> except one thing. My presence. My presence. You see, that's, God's, that's how God saves people. Grace is not something he separates from himself. Yes, Moses could give the law, but God could not give grace and truth. Grace and truth came. Because God will not separate himself from his presence. Grace cannot be separated from Christ. He doesn't stand back and says, try harder. He gives you his life because only his life is capable of being who he declares us to be. Praise God. That's called communion. It's beautiful. 
Why does the Father insist on calling believers those who have received His Spirit holy? Because He believes that the presence of His indwelling Holy Spirit has more power to sanctify that person than their behavior has to defile them. The only thing that's going to heal the soul from sin is the holiness of God given to us as a gift. As that leper found out, when Christ touches your life, the sin, the effects of separation from the Father that have thoroughly permeated your soul is completely healed because everywhere there is separation, there comes the Spirit of God to bring the presence of the Spirit of God. Separation has been replaced with union. For that leper, leprosy permeated him, not just physically. It went into his very soul. There was not a part of him that was not affected. And for him to have been totally healed, the life of Christ too, the virtue had to permeate him completely, had to saturate every part of him that the leprosy had saturated. So why does a father insist on calling believers holy? Because he believes that the presence of his indwelling Holy Spirit has the power to sanctify that person, more power to sanctify that person than their behavior has to defile them. But for that truth to manifest in our lives, that holiness, then our minds, our thinking needs to be renewed to that truth. For as a man thinks, so he is. It is in hearing themselves spoken to as in Christ, as holy, that believers become renewed in the spirit of their mind and so equipped to put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God being created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. And that's why Paul knew that the most effective truth he could proclaim to believers caught up in sin and sexual immorality was, know ye not, ye are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That was his message to the Corinthian church. So the work of the Holy Spirit is to open our eyes to see what Ananias saw, that the life that God has prepared beforehand, the life in Christ, is such a greater work than the work of sin, that when the light of union comes, the presence of God's Spirit, then the darkness of sin must leave must depart. And let me finish by saying this. That's what the Holy Spirit is declaring to the church and wants to declare to the Holy Church right the way through 2020. In every part of your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, where separation from God permeated, now let union with God permeate that same soul. Your thinking, your decision-making, your feeling, your emotions, your very soul, and you will live more and more the life prepared beforehand, life in Christ. For as a man thinks, so he is. It is said, there's a common phrase in the world that says, beauty is only skin deep, but ugly goes clean down to the bone. Have you ever heard that? It was said by a lady called Dorothy Parker in Hollywood many years ago. A terrible thing to say, isn't it? But let me tell you something beautiful in exchange for that. You know, in the life of a believer, the ugliness of that mindset of separation is only soul deep, but the beauty of holiness goes clean down to the Spirit. Clean down to the Spirit. And that's the good news of the Gospel. God the Father loves us so much that He had the cure prepared before the disease came. For the Lamb was slain before the foundation of the world, and what God had prepared beforehand for you and I this life in Christ, this eternal thing, is more real and more powerful than the things of this passing away realm. And more and more this year, you and I will see just how much more through the ministry of this foolish gospel. Let's pray.